Tape from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, a show with two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you, sir? Your voice sounds so crisp and clear today. Well, I'm coming to you from in the studio today, so... Hey, now. All right. Oh, very nice. Having technical difficulties at home, so I had to haul it over here. Right. Haul it over to HQ. Over to HQ, where all the magic happens. Right. Nerds, SNL Nerd Central. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing? Uh, not bad, not bad. Living a life, chasing a dream, uh, trying to stay warm in these chilly times, in these uh, in these January uh, winter times. Yes, yes. We're supposed to get hit with another storm of some kind tonight. Oof. I don't think Are it's we? too bad. Yeah, yeah, about nine. Oh, that sucks. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow. All right. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be very much of anything, so don't worry. Okay. I don't oh, even know why I brought it up. Okay, you're saying it's it's fake news, fake weather news. Yes, it's fake it. weather news. Right. The liberal media wants you to believe in snow and all these blizzards. It's just not true, people. It's just not true. That's right. That's right. So, so we got uh, we got we got SNL happening this week. We do. Holy moly, we got ourselves a a hot one today because. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about uh, this week's episode, uh, musical guest Mona Skin, which I just found out how you pronounce it. Right. And uh, the guest, ladies and gentlemen, it's the one, the only, Mr. Orville, Orville Willis Forte IV, a.k.a. Will Forte. Wow. We went with his full name. Okay. Put, put his government out there. This is this is uh uh for those of you who might be listening to this late. This is uh, season forty seven, episode eleven, uh, air date January twenty second, two thousand twenty two, or twenty twenty two. You know, if you're more if you're more informal, like so. Yeah, this was exciting. We we had we had Will Forte coming back, and uh, yeah, the first time hosting. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's first time hosting, first time up to bat. Uh, I think somebody, I you probably saw it too, where um, one of the people we follow, I believe Mike Murray, who's uh, you know friend of the podcast, and he he also works on the SNL Networks podcast. Like he mentioned this cool stat about now that Will Forte has hosted, pretty much every cast member from season forty two has hosted SNL at least once now. And like, if you go back and look at it, with, with the exception of two people, with the exception of Daryl Hammond, who's still, who's now uh, the announcer on the show, yeah, and of course uh, Keenan Thompson, who is still a cast member on the show. Yep, yep, yep. he's uh, he's that barnacle sticking to the ship there. Uh, he ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but aside from that, every cast member from season 32 has hosted uh, SNL once. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, uh, Sandberg, Forte now, uh, Rudolph, uh, Polar, Armisen, Sudeikis, Myers, all all in season 32, all have hosted. Well, okay. So I guess, you- I guess Horn likes that season. Pretty impressive. I mean, you could make this. You could make the argument that is this the 
greatest, most talented cast SNL has ever had, or it's you could say it's up there. You could make that argument. You could. I'm not going to, but yeah, you could. Ooh, all right. Oh, <laughs> that, that cast is just not my personal favorite. Okay, but it's a strong cast. You got to give it that. It's a strong cast. Yes, definitely, definitely. Right. Talented people. I'm always happy to see them come back. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, I mean, Will Forte actually makes mention of all the people I just mentioned in his monologue, which we'll we'll get to that we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, I guess we'll we'll just dive in. We we have the cold open. We have the the Ingram Angle cold open as it is billed on the YouTube's uh, mm-hmm. with. McKinnon returning as Laura Ingram, Fox News host, Laura Ingram. Yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is basically, I don't know. I mean, these cold opens now, they're they're kind of by the numbers. This is pretty basic where they just kind of recap everything that happened in the past week and they touch on a little bit of everything. Here's um, a bunch of vaguely notable news stories from the week. How can we tie them all together in seven minutes? <laughs> uh excuse me sir this was eight minutes long so oh good lord okay <laughs> um so yeah. yeah she's talking about uh you know we've completed year one of biden's presidency and because she's a fox news host she's arguing that it was a total disaster she has uh re-edited footage from uh jen uh pataki uh am i pronouncing that right probably not Am I going to go back and correct it? No, also probably not. Um, Leave it in there. People like the uh, people like the flaws. It, it gives it authenticity. That's right. That right. That's right. We're keeping it real, son. Yeah, homie. Uh, I, I like the line where she says we're we're dealing with a sudden loss of America's dad, Robert Durst. Uh, yeah, that was a nice little. Mm, that was good. Yeah, yeah, and we we got a little uh, Morgan Wallen jab. Um, yeah. at, we like, get that yes uh, uh, yeah they, they toss on a little uh, jab about the green M&M and uh, that whole thing I, that's not even really a big to do I don't think I, I haven't heard too many people clamor in an uproar over the green M&M but I guess it's a thing maybe online the only people I've seen really talking about it is talking about how stupid it is and I've, I've also seen a few people saying that it it's something that Eminem Mars did as a distraction because there are charges of child slavery. Um, And I don't know what's going on there. I haven't really investigated that story. I don't know if it's an Oompa Loompa type of thing or, or what, Uh, but yeah, Mm. um, uh, Eminem Mars, if you're doing child slavery, stop. That's, that's not good. No, no, it's not good. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go gonna on a, out on a limb and say, and and say I'm against child slavery. Uh, Darren, undecided, but I, John Trouble, well, against child slavery. Well, hold on. Let's not put that out there. Uh, oh no, let's I'm, not put you, that. You said, you said before we started recording. For me, the jury is still out on child slavery. And I was look, like, look, wow, look. Darren, that is quite a stance. Are you sure you want to say that? And you said yes. I'm going to say that, and I don't care who knows it. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I'm just saying um, we need to hear both sides of the story. Okay, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but me, 100% against the child slavery. Okay, all right, all right, fine, fine. You just just won't, just won't hear my, the other side of it. That's fine. 
Way to yeah. Way to be open minded, man. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so anyway, uh, let's see. We also had A.D. Bryant returning as Ted Cruz. Uh, of course, they get in a line about the beard. Uh, and Ted Cruz. <laughs> I, I can't believe this is an actual thing. Ted Cruz apologized to Tucker Carlson because he called the Capitol, the, the January 6th rioters terrorists. That is the thing that, that had that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is how the world works now yeah i did like how periodically throughout this sketch um kate mckinnon's laura ingram was uh giving the the only sponsors that she has left and they're they're horrible things like covid negs like covid tests that give like a negative result even if you're positive uh yeah those are nice little jabs uh, quick jabs and and here and there yeah, yeah, and like flower poison. You know, do you ever see a, a nice bed of flowers and wish? I wish they were dead. <laughs> flower poison. Ooh, what a great product. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Is, is 80s uh, Ted Cruz still doing it for you? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, my basic thought is unchanged. I I think it's all right. I I feel like it's the impression that Ted Cruz deserves. <laughs> I don't. I don't th- know if it's a great impression, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if Ted Cruz deserves a great impression, and I don't know if he has a whole lot of mannerisms you can hook an impression on real easily. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do like a Ted Cruz and I'm be like, "Oh yes, that's it. You're nailing him." <laughs> that's you've you've gotten it. You've got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, I don't know about the the eighty Brian Ted Cruz impression. I mean, at first it was kind of cool because. Like it was a thing where they did it because they knew that if you know when they had women impersonating the men, it would be like a way to really stick it to them. But now it's kind of yeah. part of me feels like it's kind of run its course a little bit. You know, you mm-hmm. make fun of the beard, and I mean, although they you know, they had some good jabs in there about like how uh, Ted Cruz's beard, much like is like January sixth. It's uh, sh- it was shocking at first, but sadly it's been normalized, which is a, yeah. a, a nice little joke, but. I, I don't know. I think A.D. Bryant's Ted Cruz is getting like diminishing uh, returns for me. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. Um, but to play devil's advocate, uh, Ted Cruz also diminishing returns. For yeah. me. Oh, he never gave me returns. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's he just somehow he keeps finding a new bottom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now. Ooh. No, not like that. <laughs> um. Uh, we also had Pete Davidson popping up as uh, Novak uh, Djokovic. Djokovic, yeah, uh, let's say that. Uh, who was the tennis star who was deported from Australia for refusing to get vaccinated and apparently lying about it? So, mm. yeah. Uh, Ego popped up as Candace Owens, uh, talking about the voting rights bill, which was unfortunately shot down. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um she, and she was quoting Martin Luther King out of context, you know. Yeah. Because uh, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, and that's all he said. That's all he ever said. And like on his gravestone, it was like, hey, racism's no longer a problem. We did it. <laughs> Yay. Um, and uh at the end of the sketch, we got uh the cold open kid himself, Mr. James Austin Johnson, mm-hmm. as a as a Mr. Trump there. 
Donald Trump uh, uh, again doing the Wordle thing. They've done this before, right? Uh, before it was like a like a ten like a ten second uh, or a ten minute uh, countdown thing, oh, and then okay. they did it was a, as a word find. Oh, okay. It, it, this was so close to. I mean, because Wordle is the big trend now. Uh, right. So yeah, they they just went through Trump's sort of word salad and free association, and he goes from from boost to John Mayer to How I Met Your Father to Jason Momoa, who just announced his divorce from Lisa Bonet or separation, I forget which, uh, mm-hmm. to Prada. I don't. I forget how he got to Prada, and then finally to Trump because everything's all about him. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I appreciate that they kind of spaced it out. Because from the last time he did this, because I think it's been a couple of couple of weeks or so since they lasted, but it's still the same kind of thing they're doing. So I was yeah. like, all right, it's it's the same thing except with Wordle now instead of the find a word or the right. the countdown. Like I have you gotten into the Wordle? I I tried it once and I was like, oh, is that it? Okay, and yeah, and it sense. Uh, I've tried it a couple times. My wife loves it. My wife's uh, a big, she's big into like word puzzle games. Like uh-huh. she'll play, like she'll play boggle with you for hours. She, like, well, not with me, but with someone. Not, yeah, I, mm, I, I uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So she's really into, uh, boggle, wordle, scrabble, any of the old games, basically. She's, sure. that's her wheelhouse. You gotta love the old games. Yeah. 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 So like I have done the wordle. It's. I, I get it. It's like it's it's a cute game. It's it, it is fun. It is cool that like it's the same word for uh, everyone. So it's a way to sort of connect people to see. Oh, how many guesses did it take you to get it? How many? It's a way to sort of you know create a little community and whatnot. It, it's it's oh, a fun my, little my game. My friend is not smart. Wow, I thought my friend was smarter than that, but no, they <laughs> yeah. are dumb. <laughs> my buddy's a dumb dumb. Look at that. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, but I I yeah. like it. I like it so, enough. Okay, well, did you did you like the cold open? What did you think of the cold open? Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, I feel like I've said this before about a lot of cold opens like this, where it kind of it seems like they're just kind of retreading the same old same old uh, tried and true, where yeah. they just kind of smash a bunch of things together about things that happen. Uh, they put in Ego as a Candace Owens thing, and I mean that that. I don't want to say if it felt forced, but it seemed like it seemed like kind of unnecessary to have her in there to just do her little talking points about Martin Luther King. Well, uh, I feel I feel like like the cold opens, much like the monologues had like the last few years, that the cold opens have gotten very formulaic. Where it's yes. just like we're gonna do all the big political stories, bum 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 bum, and we're gonna tie them together tenuously. And I'd rather they just did something on like a big story of the week. And just went in depth on that, and not and didn't try to hit every single point, you know, because that's what that's what updates for in my mind. Yeah, no, absolutely, I I totally agree with you there. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, the cold open I thought was okay, but yeah, it felt very formulaic and yeah. very very. I've seen this before. It didn't and, really. And, uh... Yeah, and it's not that it wasn't well done. I thought I thought Kate's uh, Laura Ingram was great. I I liked you know certain line. Like I said, I liked the the periodic sponsor thing. I liked her saying like, okay, you're going to talk and I'm just going to stare into the camera. Like, uh, what did she say? Like a dog who, who, who just saw a, like steak. a steak. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that was good. I mean, Kate always has very well observed impressions and I think this was another one of those, but yeah, I'd rather just 
it focused more on one thing. Yeah, but even that part where it says where you said Laura Ingram is like, oh, I'm going to look at you like a dog looking at a steak. That's already been done before, too, when Alex Moffat did his Tucker Carlson. And he says, all right, you keep talking and I'll look at you confused like a, you know, a dog showing a card trick or whatever he said. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of even that's been kind of done before. So that's what I mean. Like, it was all right. It is. They're all real well written jokes. But I a lot of it is like eh, I've kind of seen this before. They've kind of they're kind of rehashing old stuff. And yeah, it's, oh, I, it's all right, but it ain't it ain't wowing me. I mean, I think this season they've they've revitalized the monologues pretty well, and they've kind of broken away from the old formulas. I'd like to see them do that with the cold opens now. Uh, um, so I 100 percent agree with you. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see a little more variety in the cold opens and and just a little less of the formula. So co-sign. We got, we got some new head writers, so you know, Streeter, help us out here. Get on it, Street. Yeah. Um, all right. Come so, on, Wall Street. Uh, we got the uh, we got the Will Forte uh, monologue. What do we What do we think of the Will Forte monologue? He came out. He he monologued up a storm. Monologue, monologue. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was good. Like, um, yeah, I, I really kind of dug it. Like he he came out, you know, very poised, and of course he went into the same thing we just talked about. How you know a, a lot of the people he started out with and was on the show with have hosted. Or already, like you talk about, yeah, when I was so happy when I saw Kristen host, and I was so happy when I saw Bill host, and then I saw Kristen host the second time, and I was like, hmm, all right. And then um, Seth Meyers hosted, and I was like, did, did that even count? He did Weekend Update. He wasn't an actor. Was he really on the show? Yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned that um, John Mulaney was a writer when he was on the show, and John Mulaney has hosted four times. Yes. So it was a, uh, I did get a kick out of that, how he was like, you know, kind of saying like, oh, no, I'm not mad. You, I guess, you know, it's fine. You know, you saved the best for last. Or mm-hmm. in this case, you saved the best for way last. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. I thought that was a good angle for uh, his monologue. Um, and we, we, of course, have Kristen Wiig come in. She makes a little surprise cameo behind him. And that, you know, of course, the audience goes nuts for Kristen Wiig when she shows up. And he says, uh, you know, I don't love that she got more applause than, than mm-hmm. I did when I came out. Uh you know yeah. that, was, that was nice. That was fun. Yeah, the, they had like a nice little back and forth where she came mm-hmm. out, and then immediately as soon as she came out, Will Forte wants her to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's like, "No, really, I, I flew in for this." And uh, you know, she the joke is uh, she flew in from North Korea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, I that's just a nice random yeah. <laughs> game that I really liked. Um, I did. I like the, yeah, and I also like Forte's response to that, where she says, well, I flew in for this. And he was like, oh, good, so then you know where the airport is. Right, right. Um, I, I liked how the band started to play him off, just kind of continuing the thread of him not getting any respect. And then and then the, the kicker was Lauren comes on to say that there's been a mistake, and they meant to have Willem Dafoe host this week, and Willem Dafoe is standing right next to Lauren. <laughs> Yeah, I did not expect him to be there. That was a a surprise. And he's like, you know, Will, do you really think I'd have someone named Will host one week and then someone named Willem host the next week? No, I was texting Willem and, you know, autocorrect. So, (laughs) yeah, so like I, I mean, I dug this. I mean, because I think as we said before on uh, last week's uh, episode, like Will Forte was never like the popular kid during his tenure on SNL. He was always you know, kind of in the shadows of Kristen and Hader and, you know, Sudeikis and whatnot. He was, like, always kind of, 
like the weirdo outsider. And even in his like after in his career after SNL, he's always kind of been like sort of a niche thing, you know, like you know, when yeah. when, when it's it, an acquired taste. Yeah, like even like the movies he did, like um, you know, Brother Solomon or like The Last Man on Earth. Like they're all things that had their audience, but they ne- they were never mainstream. I think the most like mainstream he- thing he ever did was probably uh, Nebraska, that film, uh, that Alexander Payne film. But like he was always not quite like you know the dude in the in the spotlight. So for him to sort of play on, uh, to him to sort of know about that, acknowledge that about him, and sort of play on it and have fun with it, I got mm-hmm. a kick out of. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good monologue. Um, according to the uh, Reddit thread, the, the, the monologue was written by Colin Jost and Jake Nordwind. So good job, guys. Good job, guys. Good job. You get a gold star. Yeah, um, a plus. So uh, for our first sketch, uh, not too surprisingly, we have MacGruber. Um, MacGruber. <laughs> uh, these these I believe are all together on YouTube. It's uh, but you know as. MacGruber did back in the day, it's like three short sketches weaved in throughout the show. So should we talk about them all at once? Yeah, let's do it all at once because, I mean, they're on YouTube all as one big clump, so let's just... Right, they're on YouTube as MacGruber uh, Coronavirus, uh, which is a great thing to center a MacGruber sketch around. Um, And Will Forte even got one of his old uh, MacGruber writers back for this. It's uh, Will Forte, John Solomon, and uh, Yorma Tacone. So one of the... uh, uh, what, what one of the Lonely Island? Well, uh, Lonely Island. I don't know why Lonely Island was not uh, sticking in my head, but yeah, one of the Lonely Island guys came back, so that's cool. Yeah, far out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at basically at the, at the beginning of the sketch, it's the same as every other MacGruber sketch. Um, Chris and Wig and uh, Ryan Phillippe coming mm-hmm. in for a for a surprise cameo, and MacGruber and the the currently running TV show. Yes, he's Kurt Ryan Phillippe is on MacGruber, available now on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're all stuck in a uh, in a room together. They have a few seconds mm-hmm. to to uh, yeah. defuse a bomb. Of course, they're all wearing uh, face masks because of uh, Corona. And um, yeah, and then I, I think I th- at one point MacGruber's you know trying to defuse a bomb, telling him to hand over things to help him defuse the bombs. At one, then he says, oh, "Give me your face mask, quick. There's no time to explain." Mm-hmm. And he and he sets the face mask on fire, and right? Says, oh, now we can finally breathe without these. Uh, yeah, and and we find out that MacGruber is an anti-vaxer, uh, which it so fits. It so fits because he's, I mean, MacGruber, he he can be counted on to just pretty much always do the most idiotic thing possible. So, um, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he's like, you know, I don't want the government putting a tracking device in my scrotum. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. I, I like the play where he's saying, like, I'm definitely anti-Semitic. And they're like, no, you mean asymptomatic. <laughs> that was a funny little play on words. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. And I and I thought these also escalated really nicely. Um, you know, this the second one. They're, they're saying, like, you know, he's done the research and he's following the signs. And you're thinking, like, oh, OK, MacGruber's turned around. And and we find out, like. He's he's got a hole in his mask that leaves his like mouth and nose completely exposed, and he's asking for the materials. And he's like, you know, uh, give me the the uh, Iver uh, medicine and the the hydrochloroquine, and he's like mixing them together. So he's trying all those stupid home remedies. He's like drinking bleach, uh, <laughs> yeah. horse tranquilizers. Yeah, yeah. 
And it comes out over the course of the second uh, McGruber sketch that he's he's got uh, COVID syphilis, uh, <laughs> which is a <laughs> mixed with syphilis. <laughs> yeah, and he also has horse worms. Right. <laughs> he pulls spaghetti out of his crotch. Uh, it, it's it's a whole journey. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, and it, and it ends like as all McGruber quick sketches do with. Um, Things blowing, everything blowing up. You know, he just goes, "Hey, have you ever heard of QAnon?" And then just, mm-hmm. um, and then on the third one, he's he's gone even further down the rabbit hole, um, and we we we, and again, like the the intro implies that he's turned it around and he's seen the error of his ways, and then we we when we cut to McGruber, we see he's dressed as the shaman from January sixth. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he believes and, he believes like celebrities eat babies. He mm-hmm. he name checks Ellen Pompeo. It's like Ellen Pompeo is out here eating babies, and, right? Um, <laughs> you know he believes in my body, my choice for men, and right. uh, he believes in suppressing the voting rights for alternatively skinned people. <laughs> what a way to phrase it! Um, that yeah. was yeah, that was great. I mean this. Uh, this was probably the highlight of the show for me. I mean, I, I thought MacGruber was just as good as it's ever been, and it was it was a welcome return for me. Wow, I'm surprised because I didn't know if you were so hot on MacGruber uh, be- earlier before this. But uh... um, I I would enjoy MacGruber. I mean, it's it's such a short thing that even if I didn't like it, it's it's over very quickly. But no, I I enjoyed MacGruber, and I've certainly had a chance to miss MacGruber on the show. So it it's it was fun to revisit it. Yay. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Uh yeah, I would say the same. Like uh it's definitely I feel like some of them may have gone a little bit too long. You know, I think maybe if they shortened up a little bit on some of them, they they could have popped a little bit more. But uh, overall, I I enjoyed uh, the McGruber stuff. It's always good to see him uh just kind of lose his mind and go further and further down the QAnon alt-right rabbit hole. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, I, I I did like at the end of the third one where like the bomb's just about to explode, and he says he doesn't like, you know, uh, like the, the 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 lamestream media and the cancel culture, right? And but and he mentions really quickly that he actually does like a few things on Peacock before the uh, big... on Peacock, yes, 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 exactly. Which of course is a nice little nod to the MacGruber show available on Peacock. Yeah, he did have a cute line in his monologue where he's like, you know, and and I would like to announce that we're getting a second season of MacGruber on Peacock. And he's like, I'd like to announce that, but, you know, we're still waiting to hear. So we don't. <laughs> uh, oh, that, no. that was cute. You got me, Forte. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this was fun. So that was uh, once again, Will Forte, John Solomon and uh, Yorma Tacone. So next, uh, what what is next? What is that? Kid Clash? Kid Clash. Kid Clash. It's a the, this uh it's a double dare type of kids game show where you're doing all sorts of tasks and you're going through an obstacle course. And we we had Will as the host and uh, Eighty as Tatum, the young contestant. And her first task is she has to find a flag in a in a whipped cream pie. Yeah. Um, first off, I gotta say the the set is incredible on this whole thing pretty impressive set design yeah they do they put together the whipped cream pie and then they have like they had like a uh a monkey bars thing with was it uh it was like cheese like melted cheese 
I yeah, hot melted cheese, hot nacho cheese underneath mm-hmm. it, and um, and a, they had like a big champagne glass with Kyle Bowen and Heidi dressed as shrimp. Where yeah. uh, shrimp cocktail he, exactly, and that's where yeah. a eighty was supposed to go meet her family and right. dress as shrimp. Yeah, and so very impressive. I mean, it looks just like a double dare type show, and I mean, even even the the even like Will Forte's outfit is kind of 80s he's very mark summers he's got like a loud tie and you know a mustache and yeah so they they really captured the 80s type of look they even have an impressive logo for the show so I'm yeah very impressed with the production design on this sketch yeah very much so and uh, i also liked how wolf Forte had a you know there was a couple cool lines here and there about like how uh if 80 you know completed the the whole uh obstacle course she would win pizza for life and he holds up a uh, a box of pizza, and he said, "That's right. You win this one pizza for the rest of your life." <laughs> right, right, and and uh, yeah, Tatum's Tatum's cool with that. She's like, "All right, yeah, I can't wait to get that." <laughs> um, but the joke is that she can't complete the first task. She's just uh, uh, foraging around in the whipped cream pie, the giant whipped cream pie, and she can't find the flag. And it was. And I remember I watched a little Double Dare as a kid and, uh, you know, they always had like this big like orange flag and the time runs out and she can't still can't find the flag. Um, Mm. And ultimately she gets like this little flag that's like the size of like a flag that you would put in a cocktail. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And as she's looking for the flag, um, uh, Will Forte's, you know, guest uh, game show host character, Mark Zaz. It's kind of like egging her on, saying, "Well, do you do you not know what a flag is?" Mm-hmm. And well, here's a hint: it's in there. <laughs> yeah, and he's giving like humiliating bits of trivia about her as she's doing this, and then eventually the time runs out, and then she's like, "Oh well, okay, I lost." And and he, <laughs> the twist is, he's like, "You're not going anywhere. You're not leaving until you find that flag." And even her family agrees with this. They're like, "Oh yeah, she never sees things through. She's she doesn't see things to the finish." So. they 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 have her they make her keep combing through the whipped cream pie until she finds this minuscule flag Um, right the the whipped cream is adversity and the flag is her unfulfilled potential yeah yeah uh this this was cute i wasn't i I wasn't nuts about it but i i thought it was cute uh half the time agreeably yeah like i i like the twist about yeah. like how like you know he she like where the where the host was like you're not leaving that pie till you uh you know until you find the flag I don't know I felt like it needed more I felt like it needed maybe to go darker or maybe they needed to get to... even more sadistic with it yeah or maybe it it seemed like it was kind of missing something I think it needed to um not uh escal- I think something needs to escalate a little bit more because like I, that little twist about how he he's forcing her to go through that pie looking for a flag. I like that twist, but it needed to go a little bit further with it. I don't know. Cause like after that, it, it kind of, I don't know. It, it I, I felt like the sketch needed more of something. It didn't yeah. like, it was almost there to be like a really good sketch, but it kind of petered out towards the end. I thought, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it, it blew me away either, but I, I thought it was fine. I, you know, I thought it was decent. Yeah. I uh, thought it was all right, but I was like, uh, it, it could have, could have, could have been something. Could have been more. <laughs> could have been a contender. Okay, let's see. Uh, next, I hit the second MacGruber, which we've already covered. 
Uh, so after that, we had Cinema Classics uh, Gaslight. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a recurring sketch that they do every once in a while whenever somebody on the writing staff watches a classic movie on TCM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this is from uh, Alison Gates and uh, Kent Sublette, uh, by the way. We're, so this, this time they're doing the classic Alfred Hitchcock movie Gaslight uh, with uh, Will Forte as Charles Boyer, the evil husband, and Kate McKinnon as Ingrid Bergman, who's being gaslit by her husband and trying to drive her insane for some reason. I haven't seen Gaslight, you guys. Um, I I have not. I did not know it was a real movie until you just mentioned it just now. Okay. Well, it is a real movie. Um, and we have Keenan hosting for some unknown reason as Reese DeWatt. Uh, the, the thing I always hate about these cinema classic sketches is I feel like they make too much of a meal out of Reese DeWatt. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, he's. I mean, I mean, I get it because people like Keenan, and he's, you know, people like to see him chew the scenery and whatnot. But yeah, the whole backstory he has about his wife and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's all right, but it, yeah, we don't need any of that. It's just the the sketch is about parodying the movie, and just we just need like the host to set it up real fast, and we don't need to hear like the host do bits and make a big meal out of it. Um, yeah, that that's the thing that always drives me nuts whenever they do these cinema classics. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, but then it gets into the sketch about how, yeah, basically, um, uh, Will Forte's character is gaslighting uh, Kate McKinnon's character, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I felt like with this sketch, they were kind of hitting the same joke over and over again, and not really. Again, no escalation in this one. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they had Chloe Feynman come in as a young Angela Lansbury serving. Kate McKinnon, a pineapple, telling her it was a steak, mm-hmm. and then it, you know, and then it just kind of goes on and on about like how, like how how he's like, oh, I swear on this Bible, and she's like, no, this is a book that says how to gaslight your wife by Gregory. Um, that was that was cute. Um, yeah, that was cute. I thought this was okay. I didn't feel like it was the best uh, cinema classics thing they did. I mean, I I love the Casablanca sketch that Kate McKinnon did with. Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, mm. that I thought was an instant classic. I liked I liked the birds one when one of the time that John Mulaney hosted. You know the birds; they just birded the man to death. Right, right. Oh was, yeah, that was good. Was the sound of music sketch that uh, John Mulaney did with uh, Cecily Strong was that a cinema classic sketch? Or did they just present that as is? I believe they just presented that. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. that's a good sketch too. So you should look okay. that up. Uh, uh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this sketch, I thought, I, know, I thought the writing was kind of weak and the way it ended on a dick joke about her saying, oh, you know, I can't, you've been, you've been lying to me and gaslighting me this whole time. Just like when you told me that, you know, it was nine inches. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, really? We're going, going? Look, I, I love a good dick joke. I, look, let it never be said. I don't love a good dick joke, but I thought that, that that dick joke was uh, kind of flaccid. Wow. So that, yeah. So, so so you you like uh you like uh harder, stronger, more powerful dick jokes. Yes, firm, hard, and rigid. That's okay. right. All right. <laughs> just, just just hard dick jokes that you can rely on. That's uh, right. It's a big old yeah, over and over. It's a big old stiff joke I can wrap my lips around. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you just horrified yourself, Darren. I really did. As soon as I said it, I was like, Christ, why did I say that? 
Not that anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of wrapping your lips around, <laughs> big and hard things, uh, the next sketch is Threesome. <laughs> oh, nice. This was uh, this was written by uh, Mikey Day, Streeter Seidel, and Will Steven. This is uh, a couple, uh, Mikey and Heidi, uh, and they're having a threesome with a random guy online for her birthday. And uh, the random guy online is our host, Will Forte, as Gannon the Third. That's right. So yeah, he comes up to the hotel room, and he's 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 not the type of Dude, you'd want to have a threesome with, I suppose. He's no uh, Fred Garvin male prostitute. I'll give you that. <laughs> that was actually in my notes. I was like, my my main note for the sketch was not bad, but it's no Fred Garvin male prostitute. No. So we're in sync, John. We're in sync. <laughs> uh, yeah. He. Uh, so Gannon keeps calling Mikey Taint instead of Tate. Um, right. Gannon, he's he's. Looks kind of odd. He's he's like he's got like he looks kind of like Goldmember, doesn't he? Like who? Goldmember from the third Austin Powers movie. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see yeah. that. He's in the he's in this like gold sort of Hawaiian shirt. He's got like the bleach blonde hair. He's he looks kind of creepy. Yeah, a l- little bit. He's, you know, uh, shirt unbuttoned to the navel, mm-hmm. as as a gigolo is wont to do. Right. Uh, yeah, he definitely looks like he's, uh, he's seen some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, he tries, uh, he, he begins rocking the bed to see if it can handle his motion. So he starts like slamming the bed frame against the wall. Um, he says he's taken three Cialis pills to just, you know, kind of get through the night. And Heidi's, uh, Heidi's character is very excited by this. This is like the thing that she wanted to try. And Mikey's as the husband is sort of reluctantly going along with it. And, and we find out that Gannon's like, okay, yeah, no, uh, I'm going to be like fighting you off the whole time. <laughs> and you're going to try and join in and I'm going to be pushing you away. Uh, right. So I, it's, it's less than ideal for Mikey Day's character. Right yeah. Like at one point he demonstrates what he's going to do to uh, Heidi on a pillow and mm-hmm. he's like humping it. And he says, all right, Mikey, come in or taint, come in and try to, uh, you know, in- inject yourself into this. And he comes in and he immediately smacks uh, Taint in the head with a pillow. Yes. He's like, so you're going to smack me away with my wife? And he's like, yes, I am. <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did I did like he, he, he said, uh, if you want to save the Shire, you've got to get through Mordor first. <laughs> <laughs> and and everything, uh, every, everything Ganon is doing and saying that should be setting off all sorts of alarm bells. Heidi's just like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm totally into this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I also Gannon mentioned he sweats profusely yes. when he's uh, doing the deed, and so they have uh, bath towels, uh, power aids, and a tarp for him. Yes, yeah. Well, you got to be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And then he finally uh, wants Tate to throw a mask on because he doesn't like seeing a guy's face while he's doing his thing. Right. And, I mean, who does, really? Oh, not me. Yeah. Um so yeah, my my basic feeling is it wasn't bad. No, no Fred Garvin male prostitute. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. I thought I thought this guest ended kind of abruptly too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel, yeah. Because like uh, if yeah, like if I thought it was gonna like again with the escalation. I thought it was gonna go somewhere and like it had this big, you know, no you know no pun intended, this big climactic ending, and then it just ends with um, 
you know, Gannon leaving because he had a mild sialysis heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then he says, all right, well, should the wife and I get going while you have your heart attack? And he's like, don't you dare. And then it yeah. cuts off and that's it. It's like, I was like, oh, that's it? That's, that's all? Yeah, I felt like that wasn't the big laugh line at the end that they were expecting it to be. Um, so, yeah, that was too bad. Yeah, it ended kind of anticlimactically. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as, as far like as the I'm oh, sorry. Oh. What was that? I said probably much like their evening did. Hey, now. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, the sketch was like, it's kind of, it's kind of weak. Like I thought, I, it seemed like they had all the pieces there for it to be like a bigger, better sketch. But I don't, I don't know if they knew exactly where they were gonna take take it. It, it seemed to kind of, kind of go all over the place and meander a little bit. Where it was like, all right, well, is the focus that the husband is not into it and the wife really is, or like. I don't know. It seems like they didn't quite know how to where to go with this sketch, and then it just ends it. Like mm-hmm. the, the fact that it ends so short, so quickly, like when it feels like it's about to ramp up to something, really kind of really kind of surprised me. I was like, "Oh, uh, I guess that's it then." All right. Yep. So yeah, the sketch was like mm, this. It felt like it could have been something, but it just ends up. They didn't know what to do with it, and it just kind of felt like not much of anything. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big old downer, aren't I? <laughs> you you really are. You really are. I'm impressed now. Um, next, we have uh, our musical guest for the week, uh, Moda Skin, uh, who are who are Eurovision winners, right? Yes, yes. Uh, they're a band from Rome, Italy. Um, yeah, like you said, Eurovin- Eurovision winners. Uh, they're a big deal in the UK, and um, they're kind of you know, dipping their toe in the uh, U.S. waters and trying to make a big splash here. And how big of a splash did they make for um, us? Pretty big. Uh, their first song was uh, Beggin', uh-huh. which I just found out a few minutes ago. is actually a cover. Uh, I think I told you about it. And um, this is a cover of an old Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons song. Whoa. That's interesting. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like, um, I guess it was like around like more like a late sixties, early seventies, like back when they were still doing, um, what was his big hit? Like maybe his, his big solo hit, maybe can't take my eyes off you or yeah. Grease like in the later years of Frankie Valley in the four seasons. Okay. Okay. Huh. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have seen that coming either. And, um, the second song I want I want to be your slave. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, what do you think. What do you think of uh, Monaskin, which I le- I also learned is uh, Danish for moonlight. Oh, okay. So that's the meaning of it, uh, Monaskin. Yeah, they've got a they've got a little funky thing over the A, and I have no idea how to do that or even type it. Um, so yeah, that's that's a weird thing. Um, I thought they were all right. They were they didn't thrill me in a big way they they were very um you know they're very out there they're very they they dress very eccentrically honestly during the second number of theirs i was like if you told me the lead singer was like just a character of uh of aristotle's i would have believed you <laughs> oh thank you for this um yeah it's uh, uh i thought they were all right they didn't thrill me i didn't like them as much as say uh bleachers last week um mm, okay what about you um, I like them a little bit more than you did. Like I, when I first saw them, part of me was thinking, oh, I don't know how good this band will be just because they're, they, 
you know, my first impression was they seemed like the type of band where they were more concerned about their looks and clothes and makeup and presentation yep. than they were their actual music. Yeah, and I always find that a little off-putting. Um, like yeah. you, we, I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be like another uh, Greta Van Fleet situation. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a, a Greta Van Fleet vibe to right. it. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw online some people said, oh, the lead singer kind of reminds them of uh, Perry Farrell from um, oh, uh, Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I see a little Scott Weiland in there, too, uh-huh. a little bit. It's definitely... Uh, that type of vibe. And I, so when I first saw them, I was like, oh, they're probably, you know, these like kind of pretty boys, pretty people who are more concerned about their mascara than they are actually about, you know, their music. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, I got to admit there, some of the music I thought was pretty catchy. The, uh, the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Like the baseline on the second song, I thought was pretty, you know, it was a little bit of little funky, a little toe tappy. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was actually kind of digging it a little bit. It was like, um, it was a nice little kind of glam rocky kind of. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out what other bands I could compare it to, but it definitely reminds me of a bunch of bands from like maybe the '70s, '80s, and even a little bit of the '90s. I, I guess maybe Jane's Addiction would be the closest I could think of right now that I would okay. compare it to. It's like a glam rocky type of Jane's Addiction, but um, I actually yeah, I actually kind of dug some of their stuff. I really I, I thought it was all right. All right. All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else we got about uh, Mona Skin, uh, I guess we move on to the weekend update with yeah. uh, Colin Just and uh, Michael Che. Marie, Michael Che. Michael Che. Oh. Uh, so, um, what do we think of this weekend update? Um, not not a bad weekend update. I actually, I actually kind of thought it might, it might have been like the strongest thing of the night. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, what we have, of course, you know, Jost and Che trading jabs, making jokes, talking about Biden's two-hour uh, press conference. Yep. You know about the state of the of the world today. You know, it ain't great. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of things that we're we're trying to fix. Um, and uh, yeah, who knows if we'll be able to fix them? I I did like uh, I did I did like uh, Che's line he where he was saying. Uh, I'd never suggest that uh, Colin should be fired, no matter how much better Bowen would be. And they they even have a a uh, a mock up of of Bowen as a weekend update host next to Che. I thought that was very cute. I did too. Like I can I can I felt the people at home being like, yeah, Bowen and Che would be great. Yeah, that would be. A, I mean, because I think we're getting at the point where we do need to change things up on update just because they, they are now the longest tenured uh, anchors that we've ever had on update. So I think we're due to change things up after this season. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm really hoping that after this season, we, there's like just a major uh, shakeups. I mean, there've already been a good amount of shakeups in the writer's room. I think now we need to see a good amount of a good shakeup in the cast because it's like you said like we've there's a few cast members that have been here a, a little bit longer than than we like and uh, <laughs> oh, jesus <laughs> oh, oh, i'm sorry I, you're right yeah no i'm fine i'm fine i'm just <gasps> oh it's, al- it's allergy season uh, allergies yeah just so yeah so like i i do think like we need to to you know cut the fat and like 
you know, make some big changes after this season, um, after this season. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. I I would not mind seeing that. I mean, but uh, uh, Justin Shea, they do uh, still make me laugh. I really like Shea's line. He he was talking about how uh, the he was reporting on a story that the the COVID vaccine does not cause infertility. And then he just goes, damn it. Then why did I take this? (laughs) (laughs) What's the the point? That was great. Um, I like he had um, he had a really good line about the U.S. Senate about um, after Kristen Cinema's mm-hmm. uh, actions this past yeah. week, and he's saying, "Oh, the U.S. Senate keeping black folks down with a quiet handshake since 1787." Yep. The audience yep. was like, "Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, that's too real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear all that truth." Yeah. Um, and let's see. We had we had Bowen uh, pop up as uh, Chinese Trade Minister Chen Biao. Uh, talking about the Winter Olympics and how NBC is not sending correspondence there, <laughs> and I, I liked how Che was like, "So are you, are you guys okay?" And and Bone was like, "Well, more importantly, are you guys okay?" <laughs> and and they were just talking about how <laughs> how absurd it is that they're not NBC is not going to have any correspondence at the events, uh, and I'm not sure if that's because of budget reasons or COVID concerns or because of like a diplomatic boycott. I don't, I don't really know why that's happening. Uh, maybe it's a combination of all three. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Like apparently there'll be broadcasting, broadcasting out of Connecticut mm-hmm. <laughs> during the uh, Olympics, which, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. And it's like, you know what else broadcast from Connecticut? Maury. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I thought he might say WWE as well. Like that also broadcasts out of Connecticut. Oh, there's a lot of things that broadcast from Connecticut, I guess. Um, uh, It was, it was a cute segment. And I mean, I think it was mostly carried on the strength of uh, Bowen's performance. Uh, That segment was written by uh, Billy Domino, Sudi Green and Bowen Yang, by the way. Yeah. Um, As all, yeah, as always, I mean, I thought the material was okay. Like, especially when they were talking about, you know, anal swabs. (laughs) <laughs> for COVID testing, there's like I mean, oh, you're hey. a sucker for a good anal swabs reference. I mean, hey, I'll absolutely, yeah, dude, like that's that's my that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, but anal swabs, it's accurate and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So th- this was all right. This was all right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all the materials is okay, but it really is on the on the strength of like Bowen to really sell it. And as always, he's 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 able to sell it. He's yeah. just he's that that charming and that good a uh, a personality to like uh-huh. really kind of to make uh, make hay out of uh, out of this material. Uh, this Olympic judge, I I would give him a, a nine point eight. Mm-hmm. And the dismount. Yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, well, we also had uh, Sarah Sherman returning to the update desk. Uh, in much the same vein as what she did before, uh, where it's just it's basically her just. Uh, <laughs> just no matter what Colin just says, she's coming down on him. Uh, which I'm all about this. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, it just she's nominally her segment was supposed to be about staying cozy in winter weather, but she quickly makes a reference to like uh her her pubes and and yes. he's and and Colin just is like, well, hey, I don't. I don't care about your pubes. And she's like, this just in Colin just prefers his coworker, his coworker hairless uh, to have hairless genitals, like a blow up doll. 
Uh, yeah, I think she says her pubes are thicker than clothes. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, that, that's a visual right there. It paints an image. It paints an image. Uh, and we find out that she's uh, paying $200 a month to live in Colin's doghouse in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah, which, which begs the question, if Colin doesn't know about that, who's she giving the money to? I'm assuming Scarlet. I mean... Mm. <laughs> yeah, like Scarlet probably doesn't ca- tell Colin every single thing. Is this Scarlet's side hustle that Colin doesn't know about? Well, you know, she didn't know how the Disney lawsuit was going to go, mm. so she was like, "I better take care of Scarlet." And you know, uh, like two hundred dollars extra dollars a month is two hundred extra dollars a month. I mean, yeah, that's true. She's a mother now. She has to. She has mouth to feed. Some lack ain't cheap. Six-month-old kid at home. I mean, she's got to take care of that kid. Got to buy them pampers. Exactly. Um, I'd like how in one of the headlines, uh, it referred to him as Colin Jost Hansen, uh, which uh, that's a very clever na- nickname, and I can't believe that no one's thought of that before. That took... Wait. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't quite get it. Jost... Oh, Colin... Wait. Jost... Like Chris Hansen? No, no. We're going to work through this. Sound it out. Colin okay. Jost. Who, who is Colin Jost married to? Oh, Scarlett. Oh, okay. Again, another joke I didn't get until you explained it to me. <laughs> this has been the second segment of our new recurring segment. Darren doesn't get jokes until we record the podcast. I, th- I, I, th- I don't. What's. I got, oh, this lockdown is really messing up my, I, I don't, I think I'm getting dumber. How, how many times did you watch this segment, Darren? Like twice. <laughs> okay. And I didn't, I can't, listeners, call in. If you also didn't get that joke, please let me know. Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling out to the Darren Hive right now. If, if you didn't get that joke, let your voices be heard. Tweet us at SNL Nerd Show or at Darren Credible. Thank you. And, uh, you know, tweet at us if you if you do agree that Darren is getting dumber because I'm, of lockdown. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> I I love this. I want to see if we can go three for three. I, I don't. I want, to, I want to get these damn jokes. Will there be a joke that Darren won't get next week? Which joke do you think Darren won't get next week? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a fairly intelligent person, I think. <laughs> I thought. I am loving this. I am loving this. I got a bachelor's degree. I'm, I'm not a dum-dum. <laughs> oh, this is spectacular. Um, but, hey, we, we, shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't sleep on the big climactic bit of, of Sarah's segment where she's just uh, clamoring for Justin Shay to make out because you know it's always will they won't they with you two, <laughs> and and when Colin is saying like no we're not going to do that uh, she of course paints that as him being bigoted against queer love, right? And then Joe leans and just and then Joe says all right fine I'll kiss him. Michael rebuffs him and then of course Sarah says oh apparently Colin Joe thinks being gay is a joke and right. <laughs> Yeah, and and I love how she or, she always has ready made headlines for each thing because I mean just literally cannot win in this segment, and it's hilarious, and especially because you know Che goes along with it. And he's like, "Yeah, you do suck." <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I it's it's very funny. It's uh, Sarah just throws herself into it. I mean, Colin's such a good sport to let literally every joke be about him. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, she really just sort of injects the show with just this big burst of energy. Like, mm-hmm. like honestly, when she comes on the scene and she does these segments, like the 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 vibe definitely goes up, and it definitely feels more alive in in the in the, probably in the, in the in the studio and like yeah. on the screen. It's like you just like the, like I said, like a big burst of like, oh, hey, this is all right. It's, it's a party now. Like she, when, she, when she comes, that big Judy Tenuta, Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana energy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I this, thought I was gonna die. <laughs> this, uh, this, by the way, was written by uh, Sarah Sherman, of course, with the uh, "Please Don't Destroy" guys and Celeste Yim. So, mm-hmm. so nice job, people. Um, I, I, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see this come back again. And I, I think they're they're pacing it out nicely. I, I they uh, they waited long enough to bring this back. And uh, yeah, if they wait a couple more months, I'll, I'll be happy to see this again. Absolutely. And uh, guys, next time you write another Sarah Shrim segment, make the jokes a little bit more easier to understand for uh, for knuckleheads like myself. Thank you. That's all yeah. I ask. Yeah. yeah. Spell it uh, out for me. Make it really obscure, you guys. I want to get deeper in a third week running. Um, just, just you've listened to this podcast. You know what? What is Darren not going to get? What references go over his head? Right towards that. <laughs> Please don't. My my ego's too fragile. Um, and uh, lastly, we got we brought back a character I honestly didn't think we'd see again. We we got back the uh, we we got back the guy who just bought a boat. Uh, so Alex Moffat returning as this character, but it 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 plays into a story that's been in the news this week of <laughs> uh, Colin and Pete Davidson buying an an old Staten Island ferry together. Which yeah. Is, that happened that was reported on the news and apparently even the mayor tweeted about it yeah this is uh i saw this and like i i kind of did a double take i had to like read it twice i mean yeah. not because i didn't get it but because i was like wait what it was just so kind of understand about the story darren yeah it was a, a little it took a little doing from for me yeah. to get the big words but sure. uh yeah jost and uh davison bought a decommissioned staten island ferry Along right. with a um, Chris Italia, who they mentioned in this little segment, he he's yeah. the owner of the Stand, which is a pretty you know big name comedy club in New York City. Right, and, and they make it into a comedy venue. They're yeah. they're going to dock it and have it be a comedy place, right? Yeah. The, well, they said like live entertainment venue, so like I don't know if they'll have concerts there, like music concerts, but it it seems like the idea is to yeah make it like a comedy slash performance slash maybe music uh venue so it's gonna be like it's gonna be new york's hottest club sound it's it sounds like a cool idea honestly i'd I'd like to check it out once they get it up and uh going up on its feet um yeah it's a neat idea yeah yeah this actually sounds pretty cool so uh I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But um, but yeah. So that was in the news uh, this past week, and now it's uh, it's it's made it onto uh, the guy who bought a boat. It's radar, and mm-hmm. then and then we have this segment about uh, them talking about that. Yeah. So it's basically just a lot of jokes about uh, teasing Colin, and and then Pete comes on as the guy who just bought a ferry, which he refers to as the windowless van of the sea. Um, yeah, and Pete comes out dressed up like a dock worker, like he has. Like a Carhartt jacket, 
he has a, a, a can of beer in a paper bag mm-hmm. uh, open. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure he was drinking beer on set. And uh, he has like a wool hat with a cigarette in it. Like mm-hmm. he looks he just as blue collar as blue collar can be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, another segment in uh, Pete's long running character. Uh, guy who doesn't give it F anymore. <laughs> <laughs> A guy who's phoning it in on SNL in in an in amusing way, <laughs> right? I mean, he even says it like basically he makes yeah. a joke about it where, um, where he's it, he... this is how I found out that New York had a new mayor. <laughs> yeah, and and Joseph was like, "Wait, what do, you, what do you mean? We did a sketch about uh, Mayor Adams last week," and he, and Pete was like, "Oh yeah, I, I didn't see that. I'm out the door as soon as my part's over." <laughs> yeah, yeah, which uh, yeah. That, it sounds very convincing. Yeah, <laughs> that tracks. Hey, I'm mean, you know, Kim, Kim, Kim needs him. Yeah, uh, the, this was cute. This was cute. Um, probably the best use of the the guy who just bought a boat. Uh, I like I said, I was not expecting to see this character again. This character had kind of worn out his welcome for me, but he was he was amusing in this. And Alex and and the other guys, they were obviously having a lot of fun with this. So. And that and that translated to the audience, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you could see uh, uh, Pete was like just giggling throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of losing it. I mean, I don't know if he was, you know, half in the bag or what, but and but like, he was definitely getting, you know, the giggles throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, I, I always like Alex because he's able to do this rapid fire dialogue and make all these jokes right. really quickly. But even he, I think, towards the end of the segment, was just kind of, you know, resigned to just. It being this a cool hang type of moment with Colin and uh, and mm-hmm. Pete, and it was and I thought it was fine. Yeah, I I dug the segment myself. And they they are like they are clever puns. I will give them that. I mean, you know, he's talking about like you know, here's how you turn your tight end into a wide receiver. Uh, I mean, they're clever sleazy puns. So, yeah, this was uh, written by Anna Driesen and Alex Moffat. His own self, by the way. So, oh, I thought Alan Dries and Anna Dreesen coming through with a little guest writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. So, so uh, yeah, that was update. So you know, uh, a pretty solid update. I think the clear highlight for me was the the share the Sarah Sherman segment, as I stumble over her name. <laughs> yeah, no, people are really liking her. She's like a breath of fresh air. Like, I, I hope she gets mm-hmm. more. I mean, like she's in a few sketches here and there. Like last week, she was in the um, the prom, the formal prom uh, commercial, right? Uh, and so, like you know, whenever she's on screen, she definitely pops. So hopefully, I, I feel like she's doing okay. I think she's having a pretty good first season. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm worried about her. Um, I, I feel like she's on decent ground. I think uh, James Austin Johnson's on decent ground. I would be a little worried about uh, Aristotle and definitely Punky Johnson because I feel like they haven't quite, you know, made their mark yet. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, on this, sh- no, no Aristotle, no Punky on this episode. Uh, no Chris Red, no just no Dismukes, no, no Mo- Dismukes. Yeah, no Dismukes, no Melissa. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I mean, but all this Mukes, I think he's, he's on more solid ground than, uh, most of the cast. Yeah. But, this Mukes, I think is doing okay as well. So. Right. But yeah, I would agree with you. It seems like punky is kind of, hasn't found her, her footing yet, or just yeah. hasn't broken through like she, 
like she wants. And yeah, Aristotle. I mean, I'm gonna give him a little bit more time because this is his first season. So yeah, and yeah. He, I mean, he did have the Angelo sketch. So that's something. Mm-hmm. So like, I think I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm hoping hoping he'll break out a little bit more and have more stuff to do. I, I would say I'd be a little bit more a little bit more worried about Punky than Aristotle. But yeah, they they definitely mm-hmm. need more stuff to do on the show. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, next we have, uh, Jackie and Clancy. Uh, this is, a uh, recurring sketch. This is something that, uh, Will Forte had done before with, uh, with Kristen Wiig, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, this is written by Dan Bula and Kent Sublette. Um, I know, uh, Taryn Killam was very enthusiastic about this sketch return. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> loved it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, this is just... This has all the 10 to 1 vibes you'd ever need in a 10 to yeah. 1 sketch. Yeah, we, we had uh, Keenan introducing it as Jevner Keeblerell, and he introduces two singers played by Will Forte and Kristen Wiig. So she's doing like a live thing since the MacGruber stuff is pre taped. Uh, and they're playing Clancy T. Baglaret and Jackie Snad. And they sing country music songs about the four things they know best. Spaceships, toddlers, Model T cars, and jars of beer. So. Yeah. So so all the songs are just variations of those four things. Like, I got into my Model T and hit a toddler and while well, I was drinking my jar of beer. Like, it's all insane ramblings with those four things uh, in, in place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's bizarre. It's thoroughly weird. It's very quirky. I mean, it's kind of what you expect from a Will Forte joint. Um, yes. So, yeah, it you know, it's it's funky. It's different. I wasn't my favorite thing, but yeah, it's kind of what you want in the ten to one slot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't take too much too much notes about this one. I just well, the one thing I wrote was uh. At the uh, the last song they did, where it was literally just ended up them screaming straight up for like like they were like doing like some national anthem and it just ends up with them going ah, 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 for like I just wrote down pure madness. What is happening here? This is just yep. it's just raw, uncut insanity right here. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, so it was like songs like Salad Bar Boogie, Pool, Trip Tango. Uh, at one point, they're talking about, uh, you know, toddlers going to hell and how mm-hmm. God has, you know, he's, he's well connected. It was it was just a lot of just, this is just madness. I, I can't even, I can't make heads or tails of this. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I mean, although I will admit, I got a kick out of, at the very end where... Um, Jevner Keebler Elf said in order to get the CD, you have to, you know, mail him a self-addressed stamped envelope. And his address was a 36 Donkey Donut Court at Pickle Tits, Delaware. I do like Pickle Tits, Delaware. Um, that's that's just a, a great turn of phrase there. Right. So, uh, yeah, shout out to everybody in Pickle Tits. Pickle Tits, Delaware. Yes. We, we love Pickle Tits, Delaware. Right. Thriving, Pickle- met- yeah. Thriving Metropolis. Thriving Metropolis, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was the last official sketch of the night. Uh, we, we had the last MacGruber sketch after this, of course, but uh, 
we already covered that. So this is the last one we're covering. And they did have a, a cut for time sketch, uh, ESPN first take. Right. Uh, this one had Chloe Feynman, had Keenan, had Chris. This is this was Chris Red's uh, big moment, and uh, Chris Red's playing Stephen A. Smith, and uh, Chloe Feynman and uh, Keenan are playing two other ESPN commentators. And um, I mean, it's basically. I mean, I get what they were doing because, like, basically, there were. It's a joke about how ESPN is like so high energy so early in the morning and how they're just like right off the rip, just screaming at yeah. their sports opinions. And uh, Chloe Feynman is there trying to calm everybody down saying, Hey, people are just having their coffee. Maybe let's bring it down a bit. We've, got, we've got another hour, 58 minutes. You can, you can like ramp up to this. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I watched this uh, just before we started recording. Ugh, I, I thought this was horrible. I was like, I'm glad this was cut because I'm I'm not an ESPN viewer, so for me, this was just people shouting. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's kind of and like once you get the joke, they kind of do beat the joke over and over and over again. They don't. It doesn't really escalate. The one laugh I got out of it was um, when I think Will Forte was talking about uh tom brady and how amazing he is it's like he's amazing he'll conquer us all the man eats planets like i got a kick out that's you know i got a kick out of that because as a nerd i enjoyed a good uh galactus reference <laughs> i think i was kind of disengaged by it by that point so that uh that di- that didn't register i think by that point i was like checking my facebook profile uh, <laughs> so. yeah I-, I think he did say like something like oh he eats planets and i thought that got a a little laugh out of me, but yeah, it's, I thought the sketch was like, yeah, I'm kind of glad they cut this out. Cause it's kind of, kind of spinning its wheels here where it's just repeating the same joke over and over again, not really going anywhere. And if, if I mean, sure. If you watch ESPN and you're a big ESPN watcher, you might get more out of this, but you know, since you and I don't, we just get what they present us in this sketch and it's not yep. anything to write home about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty much my reaction. I was just like, Okay, yeah, I see why they cut that. So, good move, SNL. Good move, I concur. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was the show. What did you think about the show overall, Darren? Um, overall, I thought it was all right. wasn't as strong as I was hoping it'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, was, it, I, was I, it you were hoping to see that they didn't give us? Uh, maybe Tim Calhoun. Uh, I a little Tim Calhoun. Uh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Th- that that was such an odd character, and yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing him again, like in an update segment or something. Yeah, I'm sure maybe Falconer or maybe even like Jeff Montgomery would have been nice. Falconer would yeah. have been nice to revisit. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, would have been. Um, but yeah, like I felt like all the the live sketches weren't didn't quite hit like I wanted them to. A lot of them felt like. They were good premises, and uh-huh. they were they could have gone in a lot of different directions with them, mm-hmm. but they just didn't go in any of those directions. Uh, you know, like Kid Clash and uh, the Three Way. Like I felt like, like ah, the, the bones are here. They could have done something really cool with this, but it, it didn't. It just kind of peters out and ends, and it's like uh, mm-hmm. didn't quite reach the potential I was hoping. Um, but yeah, other than like the monologue which I liked and the weekend update, I thought everything else was kind of so so so. I don't and know. like I thought, the update, yeah. I I thought the MacGruber was solid as it's ever been, and I thought uh, Sarah Sherman's 
segment on update was was pretty great. So I'm I'm pretty favorably inclined to this episode. Okay. It did have some low spots. It did have some dead areas, like like we said. But um, I don't think like expecting every sketch to be gangbusters is necessarily a realistic expectation. So if you if you do like two or three great things, I'm pretty happy. You know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe also the fact that like it was Will Forte coming back. He's a former cast member. He knows how the show works. So maybe I was expecting like the you know, the new crew, the new cast members to be a little bit more, you know, you know, comfortable around him and like it'd be more of like a Lucy vibe and it would have like stronger jokes and like a better overall sort of upper, not upper vibe, but like a, like more high energy or going throughout. Like maybe, maybe that's why I expected more just because he's a former cast member. Usually when you have a former cast member come back, people are like, oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait to see what they do. And um, I don't know, like this didn't maybe so maybe the expectations are a little bit higher. But yeah. I mean, for the most part, I thought the sketch was I mean, I thought the show was like it was all right, but it didn't meet my high expectations. I actually thought last week's episode was better than this one. The Ariana DeBose episode was was better than this one. I think I like this one a little better personally, but hmm. uh, okay. but you do you. I will do me. I yeah. will do me. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, you you want to see what uh, the folks on the Twitter sphere had to say? Uh, actually, we should also, we should also mention at the very end of this episode there was a title card put into place over uh, the the loss of a uh, former SNL writer. Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, John Bowman, who uh, passed away in uh, 2021, apparently. So okay. I guess there was a you know delayed word getting. Getting that there. Yeah, he wrote for SNL in uh, from 88 to 89 and uh, went on to co-create Martin. How about that? So that's that's not too bad. And he, yeah, uh, a lot of other shows. I don't I don't have his uh, CV up uh, right now. Do you have anything on? Uh, well, I believe he also wrote on uh, in Living Color as well. Another big sketch comedy show. He wrote he was in there for a while. And then he like he wrote a few episodes here and there for, you know, it's Gary Shandling show. I believe Murphy Brown, the, the Hughleys. So he was a, he was, he was a bit of a big deal. As that's, they say. that's an impressive career. No, no two ways about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we lost him in December of 2021. So, uh, rest in peace, Mr. John Bowman. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. Well, we do have a few Twitter comments about the show. Uh, so let's see what what our SNL nerds listeners had to say. Uh, firstly, uh, we have John Anias at uh, BurtNest92 says, We got Forte back! Uh, when an alum returns, I tend to prefer seeing them fit into the show as it is now, play off of cast members who came after them. Some will say we saw too much of Kristen Wiig at the expense of newer cast, but do you think we saw a decent blend of old and new? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think we did. I, I think I don't think that Kristen Wiig was overused because um, we really just saw her. We saw her in the monologue. We saw her in the pre-taped uh, MacGruber segments, and then we saw her in one live sketch. And I think that was a good amount. Uh, I don't feel like she overshadowed uh, Will Forte, which which is good. Yeah, like I feel. I mean, I feel like maybe you could say that about like other times like when um when Maya Rudolph would come back as Kamala Harris or Kamala mm -hmm. Harris 
and then she would end up in another sketch throughout the show or you know maybe when uh what was it oh yeah though that the rami malik episode when they had daniel uh craig on and in like two sketches uh-huh. yeah and, you, know, like, you know he wasn't even the host it was rami was the host so i mean maybe you could say that about that but um yeah i don't think kristen was like all over the place or all over the show yeah um, if she said anything else or if they'd done like one of her characters yeah then she would have been dominating but no i i felt it was good and it you know, she was such a regular part of the MacGruber sketches. It made sense to have her there, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. You know, the same way uh, Ryan Phillippe, because he's like on the show and he was in the movie. Yeah, and he was a nice surprise. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I'm, I guess he wasn't there. I don't know. He, we didn't see him at Good Nights or anything, so. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't um, know. Maybe but, he just came in for one day of the week. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the mix of old and new goes, it's always a tricky thing because, like, when you're an old cast member coming back to, you know, the show that you worked on for so long, but there's all these new people there. It is kind of, I guess, it's kind of like going back to your old high school in a little mm-hmm. bit, where the building's the same, uh, but the people are different, and maybe the vibe is different, and these younger people had different sensibilities. So, where your old school sensibilities sort of jive with what you know, these kids are doing these days. Uh, so it's always like a weird way to sort of try to find the mix between the two. And um, I think for the most part, I think they've found it. It's just like, I just felt like maybe the writing wasn't as super strong as I would have liked it to have been in a lot of these sketches. I'll say that. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, next, we have uh, Mikey. Uh, that's Mikey with two E's, who says, I'm a sucker for old cast members hosting, so loved most of this episode. Surprised we didn't get a Please Don't Destroy sketch with Forte, though, unless cut for time. Uh, weekend update segments were all decent, Sarah's especially. Agreed. Uh, however, is it me, or do a lot of the recent sketches not escalate high enough? I think Darren definitely agrees with that. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Like, uh, I've... I said, I mean, I pretty much, that's all I said this episode, but yeah, like the escalation needs to happen in a lot of these sketches. It's, it's, it's not just you, Mikey. It's not just you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next we have, uh, from Boardman gets paid at, uh, Leho the lion, uh, who, uh, he, 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 uh, he, he was nice enough to tell us how to properly pronounce it. It's Lee Ho the Lion. I personally, I think I prefer uh, Lee Hot He Lion. I, th- I think that's kind of a cooler way to go. I think maybe you should consider that. Yeah, Lee Ho. Maybe Lee Hot, Le Hot the, the He Lion. Yeah. That's, that's pretty sexy. That's pretty kick-ass, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, he says, hi, y'all. Uh, so I usually wait, but I had to walk, wash the McGruber sketch. Uh, I'm assuming you mean wa- watch, unless you you found it just too damn dirty. <laughs> filthy sketch, filthy, filthy sketch. And uh, turns out he was sprinkling breadcrumbs for like 15 years. LOL. Uh, also, my name is pronounced Lee Ho the Lion. LOL. Uh, love you guys. Can't wait to listen in. So, well, thank you very very much for that, uh, Lee Ho. Uh, yeah. Can we call you Lee Ho? Let, let's let's call you Lee Ho. I'd rather hot he lion. Yeah, I like Hot He Lion, too. So, um, yeah, we may just go with that. We may just ignore your wishes. I That's don't know. right. 
<laughs> yeah, screw whatever you want. It's about what we want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like if you look at some of the old MacGruber sketch, you could always tell he was kind of he had like you know n- maybe not the most progressive of views, or but they you know they're always played for laughs. It's not like he's yeah. Totally... I mean, I, I, the one constant with MacGruber is that he's always an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I think you know him going deep into all the QAnon stuff. I think that was perfect for him, and that was that was a really fun way to bring him back. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, what do we have next? Uh, uh, Nick Store. Nick Store. All right, let's do it. Uh, Nick Store says, So, just found it disappointing. Will didn't seem to want to do uh, 2022 sketches with 2022 cast members, and I'm not the biggest wig fan, so... Hmm. Trails off. Interesting. Um, hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean... I, I think when you have an old cast member come back... You, you gotta expect them to bring back at least one or two of their old characters. So yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as him saying he didn't want to do, he didn't want to interact. I think I've seen this online quite a bit where people say he kind of didn't want to do, or he wasn't in a lot of sketches with a lot of the new cast members. But I mean, I don't know if that. I mean, he was. I mean, he was in the uh, the Kid Clash sketch with eighty, and he was in the uh, Cinema Classics with uh, Kate and Chloe. So I mean, that's not totally right. true yeah and he's worked with uh i mean didn't didn't his his time overlap with kate and and 80 i mean were they were they on the show 12 years ago probably not yeah they were i think i think kate's maybe in her 10th season yeah this kate kate has been there since 2012 okay. no, her, yeah kate 80 and cecily were all came in at the same time so they started at 2012, but I think Will Forte was out by then, right? Okay, yeah. Well, he said he waited 12 years to host the show, so that that math works out. Okay, so, yeah, it's just I don't think of any of them as new cast members anymore. Um, mm. You know, just because they've been on the show for so long. They're, they're, they're senior cast members at this point. Yeah, no, they're vets. They're vets. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we could have... I guess seen a little more of him mixing with the new cast members, but I don't know. I, I didn't feel like anything was missing personally, but yeah, I, I think it was. Right. Oh, of course he was in the three way sketch with uh, Mikey and um, Heidi. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's three, that's three sketches. He was in, I mean, they're newer than yeah. uh, Kate and 80. So mm-hmm. hmm. yeah, uh, like five ish years, I guess. So yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, uh, uh, Oh, also, a hilarious Titan tweeted at us, mm-hmm. saying, "Given the spirited performance of the band, I am making the assumption that the post party was quite a banger." Um, I hope so. I don't. I don't know if they brought back the <laughs> the post show parties or if they're still staying away from those because of COVID. Yeah, I can't imagine that you can party with like a face shield on. Yeah, I. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say they're probably still staying away from that, uh, which which is too bad because, I mean, you want it's got to be such an adrenaline rush to do the show, it, you know, no matter how the show went, you know, good, bad, indifferent. Mm. Uh, it's and it's got to take you a while to come down from that. So, I think yeah, the, the post show party would be very helpful for that. That's true. And I will give um, Monaskin or Monaskin that that their live performance was really lively, like the. Like the bass play was just jumping all over the place, and the guitarist, like they were, they were moving up there. 
Uh huh. It was it was pretty fantastic. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So um. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts with us, uh, folks. It's always good to hear. Oh, sorry. I have to mute my mic and cough a little. Okay. Mm, okay. But I'm okay. I'm good. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So next week, SNL will be back with a, another new episode with uh, with uh, Willem Dafoe, the Green Goblin, his own self, and Katy Perry. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, when we found out about this, I, I was like, oh, Dafoe. Wow. Like, I, uh, he's one of those... Uh, actors where I never would have thought of having him on as a host on SNL, but mm-hmm. as soon as they said he was going to be on it, I was like, oh yeah, why ha- he would be good on, he would be very interesting, because he does have that kind of kind of oddball energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, you know, like a Christopher Walken or so. And like, so I, it'd be interesting to see how he, uh, how that jives with the, the SNL cast and how they write for him. It's going to be fun to see his goofier side because he's generally a very serious actor. Um, you know, Marvel movies aside, um, you know, he, he, he does like art house stuff like, like the lighthouse with, yeah. uh, with Robert Pattinson, which I have not seen, but it looks very art housey. It's in um, black and it's in black and white. It's art it's house. In black and white. They have beards. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming a foreign language is spoken at some point. Um, Probably not too many pumpkin bombs being hurled. Uh, that's my uh, definition of an art house movie. <laughs> do do they hurl pumpkin bombs at any point in time during this movie? <laughs> if they don't, hey, art house, art house, art right. house. Uh, but I mean, he has been in some funny stuff. I mean, he has a few funny lines in, you know, Spider Man. Uh, he's been in a good number of Wes Anderson films, which always oh, have a tinge of humor true. to them. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm looking through his filmography right now. Of, uh, you know, Aquaman. He was in that. He's uh, an Aquaman. Yeah, he's Volko. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in the new, I guess, Guillermo del Toro film, Nightmare Alley. So oh, okay. Cool. I'll be there promoting that. Um, yeah. yeah. Everything else is like straight up drama. Yeah, yeah. Florida Project. Well, more serious than not, I would say. I think yeah. that's a assessment. Yeah. And, uh, Katie Perry, she's been on the show a few times, I know. I, I'm not sure how many times offhand, but, you know, always nice to see her. It's probably been a while since she's been on the show, I think. I believe the last time she was on was like about was about five years ago. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, she's been on uh, quite a number of times. I think like the last time she was on, that's uh, that flossing dance was just starting. And she's she's hosted as well, right? Uh, I believe so. I'm looking up right now. I just, I mean, I, you know, of course, the first thing that comes to my dirty mind is the uh, the Elmo shirt, but yeah, I believe she yeah, has hosted she was on the. She, there was that. Yeah, she hosted in, in uh, 2011, and she's been the musical guest four times. So yeah, so she's she's uh, got quite an SNL pedigree at this point. So yeah, it'll be nice to see her back. Um, yeah, or, absolutely. Uh, you know, it looks like this will be her fourth time as a musical guest. They've, the SNL wiki already has next week up on her profile so oh all right so this, yeah this is like like you said this is her first time on the show uh from uh uh since 2017 so yeah so she's due yeah okay yeah i'm looking forward to it i um i mean i'm 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 okay with Katy perry i think she's she's all right she's a fine pop star uh but i'm more interested in willem defoe just to see 
just to see just to see how this is going to shake out because like it does it does happen like usually when they have like a actor who's more known for their dramatic chops and like they're able to sort of write and uh you know write sketches for them we do we do see them in uh in a different light after they're able to show their comedic chops a little bit more like you know Adam Driver or uh uh, uh what was it Leo Shriver you know where they're like oh they're actually pretty funny oh they can actually do a little comedy here that's interesting yeah yeah so and uh yeah i i expect her to mix in at least one sketch at some point so that'll be fun to see yeah should be a hoot mhm so all right well that's it uh for this week in uh the snl nerds news you can always uh follow us on the twitter sphere at snl nerds show and uh, yeah, let us know what you think about the show, what you think about the upcoming episode, what jokes you think Darren is not going to get. And yeah, just and tell as us always, what's you can going follow on me on Twitter at Darren Credible, Twitter and Instagram. You know, at, we never talk about it. Incredible. Darren, you still there? Yeah. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. You, you're kind of breaking up there towards the end. Okay. Well, um, maybe I'll do that bit again. Um, Okay, um, so you can uh, follow us on the Twitter sphere at SNL Nerds Show, and uh, just uh, tell us what you think about the upcoming episode. What, tell us what you thought about the last episode. Tell us what jokes you think Darren is not going to get, and uh, all that fun stuff. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D A R I N Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at. Uh, Trumbull Comic. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and you can also uh, follow uh, us uh, over at nonproductive.com. And uh, you can also contribute to our Patreon over there. And that helps us uh, keep the show going. And uh, please, if you like the show, uh, please write and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or the uh, podcast app of your choice. Absolutely, please, dude. Uh, give us money. Give give us all the money you got. This mm. is a stick up. Uh, help us, help us, help you. Help us put some uh, some money in this little in this little project of ours and help our help our little help our little tree grow. Help it help it reach up high to the heavens. Yeah. With your with so. your with your with your help and your support. Thank you. Yeah. So all right. So we'll see you next week with uh, Willem Dafoe and Katy Perry. And until then, nerds no out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 